All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix with player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second episode of the Quality Start podcast series brought to you by the Turn 2 podcast and Bases Loaded podcast. We are back today talking about uh, what to look for in spring training. We last did the National League. Now we are on to the American League. Uh, I am the you're one of your hosts, Matt Williams. You can find me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S, a part of the Turn 2 podcast. And my co-host, like always for the series, Mr. Mike Curlin. What's up, buddy? What is going on? And you can be the host. I'm okay with that because I am the mouth. So <laughs> you can lead me into everything and I will just talk, my friend. What's going hey, on? Hey, the, the best part about the American League is Eric Sogard's in the National League. Well, you know what? Eric Sogard <laughs> used to play in the American League. When we get to the when we get to the Rays, I'll make sure to mention him. <laughs> and joining us again on the show. It just it seemed like we were just talking National League, doesn't it? Uh George Montanez, back to back to talk with us about the American League. Yeah, it does. It does. Seems like it was just a minute ago. Yeah, glad to be here again. (laughs) Uh, To anyone who's not getting the quite obvious over-the-head joke, uh, we taped the other one literally back-to-back with this one, but it was running long, so here it is two seconds later. Uh, So we're going to dive right into it for the sake of uh, not having any any friendly banter uh, for no reason. Let's start with the American League. American League East, New York Yankees. they got some bad news uh, over uh, the past few days. Luis Severino um, had forearm tightness apparently since the end of the season. Why we're only finding about it now is a little weird. Um, there is theoretically good news here where it could just be a loose body. But either way, if you look at people that has bothered before, that is still surgery that could take him out for quite a while. We don't know as of recording this exactly what is going to happen there, but um that is obviously the thing to look for. Not that the Yankees, there's not other things to look for in the Yankees. I think the only two healthy players in the entire team are Garrett Cole and Glaber Torres. Uh, so guys, what do you again, make a Severino like as of today, 
is he one of those guys where you're taking late for value or someone you're just wiping off your draft board? No, I'm not. I'm staying away right now. I, I'm too, too concerned there. Um, that, you know, obviously forearm tightness, some you just do not. That's the last thing you want to hear uh, when it comes to pitchers. So for me, he's a stay away. Uh, I'm not sure about you guys. For I'm trying to remember, was it was it Luke Weaver that had it randomly flare up in the middle of the season and cost him most of the year in the middle of his breakout last year? Tyler Glass now is another one that and it's um, just like even when it's not TJ, lock. even if it's not TJ, you're still looking at a few months. It almost seems like yeah, it could be j- just for the simple fact that they shut him down, they give him PRP or whatever other injection, and then they turn on he has to rehab and get back into this flow of things. And you know there's setbacks and pitchers are always uh very very uh finicky as far as like timelines go, they're usually pretty finicky. And like, unlike Paxton, who's also hurt, at least his is more or less, it's not an arm issue. It's a back thing. He has to heal and it has nothing to do with his mechanics or anything. So at least with him, I believe the timeline more with, uh, with Severino, I don't know what to expect and I don't want to draft and hope to find out. Cause last year we did this. We're like, Oh, he should be back in mid season. And how'd that turn out for us? So as I'm far as great. who's going to be taking these guys' spots in the rotation, they're going to uh, do you have a do you have a rooting interest here? As far as someone you're hoping uh, makes a makes a move, yeah, Stripling. Oh, <laughs> 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 going back to the last podcast um, between Sogar and Stripling, that's all I'm going to talk about. No, I just my biggest thing and just a, a reminder is that we saw him get dealt. I want Stripling to be a target for. I mean, we saw that the Dodgers are obviously not afraid to to deal to a team that is trying to compete and obviously they there's a good chance they see new york in you know the playoffs but you can't say that for certain and if they want to try to get from under one of these guys to make room for their million arms this is a perfect situation where they can they can line up their needs and they can make a deal happen and i just don't see why stripling i'm hoping i mean again this is very very there's no anything behind this besides just wild wild speculation and optimism and, and hopefulness. Hey, te- teams that are going to possibly trade a, a pitcher to the Yankees, please free Clint Frazier. Ask yeah. for him back. For Maybe God's sake, get like, this guy some at bats. Well, that's the wrong team, though. <laughs> like the Dodgers aren't the team for that either. Like it's no, yeah, no, I know. That's why I just. Uh, but yes, if you're gonna, yeah, that trade's got to happen. Something's got to give, man. Yeah, I, I'd like to see my Giants trade a uh, trade a pitcher there. Get Clint Frazier back. And ruin Clint Frazier's upside because that ballpark <laughs> is terrible. They did move right. fences in just a little. So did uh, Miami, and that's not going to help. So, like, move on to Tampa Bay, who has their own Colorado Rockies esque nightmare of playing time. Um, there's tons of interesting players. Brandon Lowe is a guy that I think we all kind of like. Thirty home run upside if he could somehow manage to play every day. Uh, on Friday's game, they're actually playing Nate Lowe at third base, Jose Martinez at first. That is that. something to definitely keep an eye on going forward. Um, so what are you guys like uh, looking for out of Tampa Bay uh, here in spring training? Cream will rise to the top, I think, man. I, I, I know the Rays have been recently a guy, a team to kind of ride the hot hand and play a lot of um, – platoons but i think if the players that we expect to show out do show out i think they will get a chance to play more times than not maybe they still will be in a platoon but they'll get a stronger side of one and a guy's like nate Lowe, he's a guy that he's falling in drafts maybe seeing this gives you a little bit of hope and if you haven't drafted him already maybe grab a few shares on the off chance that he is starting because we all expected because you know susu goes in this lineup you have a uh, Choi. obviously there's just so much going on you have eric sogard oh wait sorry not anymore. Just I just had to slip them in there because it's Eric Sogard all day, every day. But uh, 
there's just so much to watch out for in all seriousness. So guys on this team, obviously, but <laughs> I just want to make sure I point that out. But there's just so much yeah. to look out for, just so much to watch. And honestly, I think this is one of like unlike the Rockies, I think playing time and what the fallout will matter here. We could be looking at two platoons here at first base with Choi and Martinez, and then at third base with uh, Yandy and and Laos or Lowe. Why, why, why'd so, you put that into the universe? Why? Well, what about DH? <laughs> you got to see a platoon at DH with Martinez and Susugo. And Susugo played third base, I believe, and he has third base eligibility, so maybe he plays third base. You know what's going to happen? They're going to like every. We're going to see a lot of messing Man- around. Manuel line. Margo also starting in center yeah. on Friday. Over Kiermaier, which I was called crazy for that because Kiermaier's glove is amazing, which honestly, I think Kiermaier's glove will keep him in that lineup anyway. But Renfro, another guy who started, but again, he's another guy with a great glove and defense does matter. And we know he could hit 50 if he actually played every day, hey, realistic, uh, maybe 35 is realistic. But I just think his he, he struggles versus righty so much that unfortunately, unless he improves that. I can see a platoon for him, but I don't know that glove maybe will get him in the lineup more so than it won't. So. And then obviously yeah. the other thing in Tampa Bay. Oh, I'll let you talk in a second. Sorry, uh, just uh, just to enter into the conversation. Obviously the uh, bullpen. Oh, exactly. uh, Nick Anderson, who everyone got at a value before he potentially became the closer. You liked him before he was a closer, so don't be upset if it doesn't work out your way. He was going to be valuable probably no matter what. Uh, but yeah, what, obviously that is something to look forward to as far as Diego Castillo, uh, Jose Alvarado. We want to see what the heck Tampa Bay plans on doing, which is probably something we won't learn it'll just be a nightmare like we all think it's gonna be weren't they was exactly. alex fat wasn't it alex fast i think that mentioned it on twitter or i think it was him i saw it from anyway that the rays had like the most players with like 10 saves last year or five saves or something crazy like a random number i can't think of but they are yeah, that they had like team. 10 or 11 players that, that to record a save yeah and i think the hope for people is nick anderson could be at a different talent level that would allow him to maybe keep the job but but that would also suggest that means that then you're hoping that he's not going to be used in that multi-inning role where he probably would be more valuable. Yeah, I think for me, it's before the the Pagan trade. If you projected Nick Anderson for say five to ten saves, losing you know twenty plus saves in Pagan, it's just hard for me to imagine not raising that even just by a few. Which of course, if you liked him before, you should like him more now. Of course, but the price might dictate me feeling otherwise because you might see nick anderson enter the top 10 closers in adp and i, I don't i'm not paying that for him because i don't believe he's going to produce the amount the save totals necessary to be a top 10 closer right now I, his price remains very palatable today but as, mm-hmm. as as spring training goes on regardless of what they do if he looks dominant i think you're right he will climb up and probably take himself out of consideration for the risk but we'll, we'll you know that's something again you should look forward to in spring training well, and, you know, we did skip on one thing for the Yankees. I just want to touch on I'm not going to break it down and talk a million, for a million minutes, I promise. But is Eric quick, Sogard related? No, but it is Miguel Andujar related. And I want to see if he plays the field, if he's a utility guy, if he kind of plays one position. Because they've talked about moving him around a little bit. Does mm-hmm. he get a chance to play over Urshela? You know what I mean? Because, like, DH, I don't know. I, I want to see Andujar, and I want to see how healthy he is. They do I, seem I, they do seem to committed to um, Urshela at third, at least – Vocally, so yeah, mm. it'll be interesting. First and in outfield injuries will probably take care of that. I it's mean, Yankees, yeah. <laughs> Judge is already is already yeah. complaining about not being healthy, so we'll see. And but that's the thing. So Andrew Harge is a big guy I'm watching because I actually have a lot of early shares, and I'm I believe the bat plays. It's just a matter of will he play. So 
Yeah, we didn't really give out any names as, uh, as far as like on the team that could take you know that rotation spot, did we? Uh, no, we didn't. Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery would be, I guess, that guy that comes to mind. But oh, I'm not well, interested already... in drafting any of them. That's why I didn't mention it. That's it's on you. <laughs> right. I don't. I I don't care who gets it. I don't want him. I yeah, I mean, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, no, thank you. Chad Bettis, which of course, I mean, no, not relevant. <laughs> but uh, hey, maybe Clark Schmidt or Davy Garcia kind of projects more in the bullpen. We just make but... it up. Are we just making up names now? Clark, Clark Kent, Schmitt. Bob Clark Wallace. Schmitt. Bob Wallace. Sounds no, like I mean, he's man. actually he's he's one of their better uh, pitching prospects. Oh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Are we just making up names now? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we have to. Maybe we can create a player in this mother. You know what I mean? Like, let's do a creative player. You know, Paul Sporer has his player in the show. We will just get Paul Sporer on this team. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, so the Boston Red Sox. There's actually quite a bit to look at. Obviously, the obvious is Alex Verdugo, but he's injured. We're, that's just something we know. It's not something to really look forward to. Um, the thing that is actually most interesting to me is second base uh, because they signed Mitch Moreland uh, for first, which probably means that uh, Michael Chavis is not necessarily going to go there. Everyone was excited about Jose Peraza at second. Maybe Chavis goes there and takes some at-bats away. So I would love to just see how first and second base at bats are looking like they could. Uh, hopefully someone will rise to the top because obviously Jose Peraza, now that Mookie Betts is gone and Alex Verdugo is injured, the two guys that uh, you know really were going to be towards the top of the lineup, Verdugo probably going to be leading off with his plate discipline. Uh, Andrew Benintendi's not a really good fit. His, his plate discipline continues to go down. So if Jose Peraza does well, could in the beginning of the season, theoretically, be maybe even leading off for the team. Uh, I wouldn't project him to be there, but it's something to definitely look at with all of the roster moves and injuries. If he somehow took that job, hitting on top of that lineup would be quite the spot. So, um, I don't, again, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but it's definitely something to look at. Oh, I was going to suggest maybe P Pilar can take advantage of it, but Pilar's OBP is not good either. So, <laughs> The guy yeah, they don't have yeah, they don't have many people. Well, I mean, you know, Peraza is not exactly a fantastic oh, yeah. fit for the top either. So they just don't have they don't have many options that are really good fits for the top of that lineup. So someone's someone's got to do it. Yeah. Um, as far as yeah, you're right. And then we've kind of I mean, but see, I don't know the, the new manager has he named Brandon Workman the closer because I know what's his face did before he left before he got fired. Um, they, they named cool. Brandon. Yeah, Cora named Workman the closer. But before that, it was a big question mark. Are we and how? Like, I'm not sure if we should still be so certain that that's still the case. So that might be worth mentioning and watching. I don't see how Workman's not the closer, but maybe there's an off chance he's not that we don't know about yet. The pitching staff is what it is. I mean, they have a guy named Matt Hall, which again goes back to creating players and making up names. I don't <laughs> know who that is, but he's pegged to be the SP five on this team. Johnny Jarvis, starting five. <laughs> yeah, basically. So with that being said. Uh, I don't. There's not really much to watch with that with that rotation. No interesting names. I'm trying to think. If there's anybody in the minors that comes to mind, but nothing really pops in my head. So yeah, I got I got nothing for the pitchers. Let's see if there's anything here. Ross Resource. Yeah, Kyle George. Hart. Any, anything from you? Do you have any uh, any insight on um, as far as Workman? Do you think that he's just gonna be the guy, or is there anyone you think anyone should keep a look uh, keep their eye on? Uh, no, basically pretty much uh, just Workman and possibly Barnes. If he shows that maybe he can improve on that control, both of these guys really uh, struggle with, with you know, walks, um, Barnes more so. Uh, but he's he had one of the highest uh, strikeout percentages among relievers. So 
I think both of these guys, Workman and then um, Barnes, would be the dark horse that that I would say could could step in there. I, w- I would like to see if uh, Dahlbeck can uh, maybe make a, an impact in strength training and sneak his way up into the big league. We'll see yes, you. definitely. Yeah, I went over first base. That would be the best case scenario. I think if Dahlbeck wrecks, because I think he's, I really think he's their best option. <laughs> if they're going to be good this year, I think it's because Dahlbeck uh, is, is hitting the cover off the ball and they gave him a shot. Yeah, I, I love, I would love to see him get a shot. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays. That is an interesting group right there. I mean, you you really you're interested in the entire offense because uh, they're mm-hmm. a bunch of young guys that had uh, good spurts last year. They all have red flags of their own. Bichette obviously looks like uh, he didn't really have much of a rough stretch. Biggio, you look at his high strikeout and high walk profile. It was all that way through the minors. So everyone looking for him to take a step forward. I don't necessarily think you can expect that because he is who he is, but I'd like to see if they are going to make any changes with the young guys. There's talk of Vlad Guerrero trying to increase his launch angle. I love which it. I loved hearing that. Oh my God. Maybe yeah, so as, as a line drive hitter with the highest max vol- uh, exit velocity, you know, let's see what he can do with it. with an increased launch angle. So that would be pretty fun to watch. There are two guys that really pop out at me. Obviously, Bichette, Biggio, and Guriel and Guerrero are pretty much sure things for the start, for the opening day roster pending injury. Um, Sogar did play for this team last year. I just thought I'd mention that real quick. And uh, Travis Shaw, though, is really the guy I'm watching. I want to see if he – because last year we saw him struggle in spring. And apparently, I guess it messed with his swing or something. I'm trying to remember what exactly it was. I think it was something with his swing, messing with uh, – his plate discipline and all that. And so he came, he went back to fix his swing mechanics and we're looking at last year as being the outlier in a bad way. Meaning like it was his first year where in like last three or four, that was really bad. And it came with an issue with the swing. So apparently he's working on that and he could come back and hit fifth in that line in that, in that lineup behind all those names you just mentioned and actually be a guy that's a great, great value. And he is a sleeper this year. If you look, if you look at every single batted ball metric he was the same player he was when he was a borderline star exit velocity hard hit percentage everything looks identical except for one very weird thing and that is his launch angle from the previous few years was like 15 4 16 1 16 5 last year it was 24.4 yeah, yeah. <laughs> he messed this, um, I'm telling you, his swing got messed up and then with it went the production yeah so i mean you're in the middle of that lineup and he's only real um person he's going for at bats against is rowdy telez and again i I'm he's fine too. I mean, I was a, um, among the people that was uh, rostering him last year. There's certain a degree to like, but if Travis Shaw is going to be Travis Shaw, it's a wrap on the at bats. Well, so yeah, he's was, he's yeah. yeah he's a guy I definitely am interested in. Uh, there was, seeing a, there how was a report. There was a report. I think this morning. Well, today being what Friday, wherever it is, <laughs> there was a report that said that Telez isn't even a lock to make the opening day roster. Well, there you go. <laughs> which would which would know oh, which would ex- which would actually make Shaw more of an everyday guy instead of a platoon partner, which would be kind of awesome. And uh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying. Anything else? Uh, anyone yeah. uh, want to add about the Blue Jays? I want to see if to- to Oscar Hernandez can hold on to that DH spot because man, there's some power speed combo funness there. He flashed some serious good stuff last year, second half. I wish I had my tweet up because this is a shameless plug because it was a it was just how well he did in the second half, I believe. And it was just other than the other than the strikeout rate, which that's gonna be a concern for him. He looks like a, he's just a high strikeout guy over the last few years. But other than that, man, there is some serious like power speed potential there, especially on the power side of things that 
can we just again go, going back to your deeper leagues 15 teamers there's some value there as long as he's in that starting spot so as long as he can hold on to that uh dh spot i think he could be sneaky good value late in drafts there's not many people that have proven to be at times as effective as he has in the majors going as late as he is there's plenty of people going late with talent that maybe is untapped or they have the potential to be a lot better, but there's not that many people that have actually shown it in the major leagues mm-hmm. um, like him. So yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the more interesting, again, sleepers. <laughs> however you want to define that. <laughs> well, he's a, uh, he's a sleeper. Cause no one like, he's not a big name and he's going late. Like I think he's outside. The top yeah. I, he's one what? of those toolsy guys that uh, I, I've been keeping an eye on since his days in Houston uh, coming up in that system. And yeah, he, he kind of did something similar in the first half of 2018 as well. It's just, if he can, manage to maybe keep that more consistent um yeah he's uh like that potential there you just have to know he's not going to help you in batting average at all (laughs) (laughs) uh the baltimore orioles i'm literally only interested in how they construct their lineup i want to see austin hayes leading off um right now they have um who's leading off for them right now not uh they have um now we're not on Nunez. No, I'm Alberto. Alberto. Yeah, 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 Alberto. Which he 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 actually performed fine, but his his plate discipline is atrocious. He's just not a fit for the leadoff spot. So I think I um he Austin Hayes is the guy who's most interesting to me. Obviously, Trey Mancini is going to be Trey Mancini, but if um Austin Hayes, I think will be the guy who would see the biggest bump in value. If uh health is an issue for him, but if he can stay healthy, he's a good fielder. I think he flashed really good um, numbers down the stretch last year in a small sample size, but yes, I would, I would love to see them give him a shot leading off for that team. Cause love or hate the Orioles lineup. Again, if you're going to lead off for a major league team, that's going to help you in counting stats. So that is really the only thing I'm interested in in Baltimore. I want to see Austin Hayes lead off. Definitely. I agree. And I like, I like this at the very least you have, um, this this team like has some hitters that will help your fantasy team in general, and having Camden Yards as your home park is never a bad thing. We're we're not looking forward to Chris Davis bounce back. It's going to happen this year. <laughs> this is he, year. is he starting at this point? Oh man, they, no! They, I, I want to see Ryan been. Mountcastle take that job. Yes, yes. Obviously, Ryan Mountcastle is actually a good name drop. Good call there, George. Yeah, but Chris Davis is a projected starter. But I think that's just strictly the money talking. I it would, have, actually interesting to see how the rookies go. I mean, there's no one that has a chance to crack the roster I, at minimum. I would think you see how they all do. Right. And then everyone on the team uh, that's not named Hayes and, uh, and, uh, and uh, what do you call it? And, and Mancini is pretty much on a, uh, on audition mode until right. the mid mid June where literally all bets are off at that point. Where I would, should come up mid June. The latest, yeah. the guy flashed a solid hit tool. He hit like in the two seventies, two eighties last year, if I remember correctly, showed power. I think that would translate just fine to the majors. I don't think he's gonna be anything flashy, but a solid power source with, um, with a decent batting average that isn't easy to find necessarily. And he could find him. He might be a great guy to stash early in the season or a waiver wire guy to, pick up quickly upon being called up because he was a former top prospect if i remember correctly and he's kind of just been forgotten it feels like so that's it that's all i got maybe dean kramer on pitching staff. <laughs> you want to add anyone to baltimore uh george uh no no i think think that pretty much covers it all right we'll let you again. you can uh, lead off the al central with the minnesota twins who had 11 oh, 11 hitters over double digit home runs five guys oh, over yeah. 30 home runs it's power yeah. alley here what are and you looking they just for added to it man they just added to that lineup already with with uh donaldson um no i mean th- this yeah th- this twins team it's just 
it's one of those that it's pretty much set. I mean, what are you really looking for? Maybe how Sano performs at first base, but he, I, I see that he's pretty much been committed to learning the position. And you'd love that. You'd love to add some depth there with uh, dual eligibility at first and third with that power potential. But other than that, I think the lineup, the lineup like order, that. too, is a big deal because there's so many people. I think the guy who would stand to actually add the most value tremendously, actually, would be Luis Arias because if he's he's going to – the batting average plays no matter what. He does not bring anything else to the table. But if he were to bat again at the top of the lineup, which in that power thing, you'd think they'd want to get a high average guy to get on base for those home runs. If he were to bat at the top, the runs – would make him completely legitimate because if you're going to have a really high batting average and over a hundred runs, that obviously makes you a huge deal. If he's batting ninth, such a big difference for a guy like that. So I think, I don't know what they plan on doing with their lineup at all, but I that's guess that would, point. that would be interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I know that they had like Max Kepler leading off a lot. So if by some chance you have a rise uh, going at the top there, you move the lineup down a bit Um Jorge Polanco is a number two hitter, but he's not the uh, he's not an ideal third hitter if you if you move Arias up. So Polanco could be one if he's moving uh, down the order a bit, who could lose some value because he had over seven hundred plate appearances last year. I don't know if that's going to repeat. He, he's one that like a uh, you know hits for a solid average. He only hit you know twenty two home runs um, in all those plate appearances, so he can be a, a big accumulator, but might lose some value if he's down in that order. Uh, so that, yeah. I think that's the biggest X factor, right? I mean, just seeing how the lineup will go. They'll, they'll probably end up being no surprises that change as much value, but there definitely could be. Yeah, and then another thing, I'm, I, I'd like to see how the, the young guys do their career off, Larnick, uh, Royce Lewis. Um, yeah, they, they might be just fun to watch in spring training. Mike, any, Mike, any yeah, addition any. here? <laughs> For once, I am at a loss. There's really not much. I mean, Do- Dobnak kind of interesting. I want to see how that works out over in Minnesota because obviously they have Homer Bailey, but they have Rich Hill coming back. It's a matter that's gonna be more of an in-season thing. Which one gets sent down more or less for when the hill comes up? But um, other than that, I think Dobnak's just underrated and uh, be interesting to see how he does. The closer situation is Taylor Rogers. We know that. I think at this point you talked me into you, you talked me into believing that George on the on a previous podcast. So I, <laughs> I, I was I was skeptical for some reason. I guess I just got burned last year by trying to play that scenario situation until until Rogers got the job. So I don't know. I'm not really looking for much else. So you guys kind of covered it all. So. Uh, the Cleveland Indians. I mean, as we are recording this Ugh. a couple couple days before it comes out, so we're not exactly sure what the deal happened with Jose Ramirez fouling the ball off his own foot or or he got hit by Again? a pitch. So yeah, again, uh, so he's probably fine, but you know, whatever grain of salt. Well, we don't know how that turned out because we're taping this a little earlier than you're going to hear it. Uh, but we already know about Mike Clevenger probably coming back like mid-May, maybe a little longer because that knee injury happened to happen on his plant leg, which apparently you know could lengthen that. But other than the things we already know, there, uh, there's nothing really for me to care about here. Um, anyone that's going to take. Clevenger or Carrasco, who is also uh, has uh, has injury concerns. I, I'm not totally interested in anyone they're bringing up from the minors. Um, what what anything you guys see here? A headache. I, I kind of <laughs> like a headache of a situation because the starting rotation went from being one of their strengths to everyone's getting hurt. So I don't know what to think there. And the hitting side of things, Domingo Domingo Santana. It's like even I am treating him like he didn't do what he did last year. He had a really good start. Yeah, he fell off a little bit, but I think that there's just some solid. I think there's a solid value there, and I think getting that signing was nice. I want to see how he hits in spring, obviously, and how he fits into this lineup. But 
I don't know. Not really much. There's not really many battles going on. There's not really. I mean, the pitching staff is just all in shambles because of injuries. But again, no real battles. Maybe they go out and sign somebody. It's worth monitoring, but I don't know really if there's much to really look out for as far as um, homegrown players. Jake Bowers, for some reason, is not a starter. I don't know if that's a thing. I heard he was he's improving his uh, plate. He's playing uh, some of his plate discipline or something. So legit forgot he existed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when and if you look at the AAA pitchers, there's a lot of interesting names. Tristan McKenzie was a thing once upon a time. He's been dealing with injuries. Will he come up and do something? Scott Moss has been mentioned as being something. Heffrey or Jeffrey Rodriguez with uh, it has a J in front, but it's Hispanic, so it could be Heffrey or Jeffrey, most likely Jeffrey, but I don't know. Um, and Sam Hentages, who I like for some reason, but he seems like the last final option. So just look at their minor leaguers. I feel like if there's one thing you trust the Indians to do, it's the de- it's develop pitching. Like they might not trade well, they might not they might not take advantage of their window of opportunity, but they do develop pitching very well. So I, I, I honestly, depending on which name out of the minors gets a shot at the rotation, I might be interested. So maybe it actually is worth monitoring more than I was leading on, but it's just a matter of which name gets the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing really to add here. Um, I mean, you guys pretty much covered it. I, I just want to see uh, Brad hand come in healthy. That's that's what I was going to ask about you. Uh, if, if Brad hand gets dealt because that should happen because it's the Indians, I'm surprised they haven't dealt them. Who do you like between uh, for the next man up? Um, man, that that's really <laughs> a good question. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Emmanuel Clase and James Karinchek are two big ones. Karinchek obviously has really good strikeout stuff. Um, I do like Clase just because I mean, just what they paid for him that kind of tells you a little bit of what they think, uh, how they value him, uh, regardless of whether how, you know how much Texas ended up paying for you know, Kluber's contract or what, or whatnot, you know, regardless, they, they gave up basically their ACE, their star, you know, pitcher over this last, basically this last decade um, for, for this reliever. So that could just kind of tells you what they think about him. And I think um, I kind of lean towards class A, but that, that one's a tough one. All right. Moving over to the Chicago white Sox. Uh, it's, I mean, it's about the rookies, right? The Luis Robert, uh, he was signed to that contract, which you would all but probably guarantee him a spot on the opening day roster, not confirmed, but we would assume. And then obviously Nick Madrigal, who is not signed to a contract, but there is a gaping hole at his position for a team that if they are going to try to compete, especially with Cleveland really dinged up, Kansas City being Kansas City and Detroit being Detroit, there might be an opportunity here. So Madrigal could get the call a lot sooner than later. Um, we'll be batting ninth in all likelihood, but you know, you want to see how Robert and magical, um, are going to be shaken out here. Uh, uh, George, what do you like in Chicago? Yeah, that's a good call. I'd, I'd uh, like to see magical up sooner than later. He's someone who could help in batting average and some, uh, counting stats in that lineup and plenty of steals. Um, other than that, I'm kind of just looking at, uh, Dylan Cease. I, I saw that he's, um, working on his mechanics a bit and, uh, they added Yasmani Grandal. You like to see how he helps that rotation. He should be a, a, a good addition there for their staff. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, uh, Giolito, I think he had a, what was it, like a, a chest? A, a with like a, yeah, some, something with a rib cage or something. I think he, I, I read something he's 100% already, so should be a non-issue. Should Yeah, be. I just want to see the continuing develop of, development of that pitching staff. Well, they added the catcher to do it, so I'm actually interested. The Dylan Cease thing was mm-hmm. the, the big one for me as well. 
I want to see how Robert does in spring training because I do. I'm of the I'm very pessimistic. I'm of the thought that if he struggles, we could see him starting Triple A even with a contract. They're not going to force because my big thing is I've also heard a lot of he struggled with breaking pitches in the minors, and we're talking about pro pitchers throwing pro level stuff and sequence sequencing better than any minor leaguer probably does. So I'm not saying that the skills aren't there. I'm just not sold that he necessarily gets a, gets the job right right out of camp if he especially if he struggles. So I think that's worth monitoring. But yeah, I mean I it's think- a, it's a good point because they already paid him, meaning people think that automatically gears and teams him a spot. It doesn't. There's no roadblock to him starting at all, but they want to win. So if he's not going to play well, there there's no reason to play him. They're going to pay him regardless. <laughs> And even if he does st- start up with the club, which again I think it's a stronger possibility he will than he won't, yeah. but he's going to hit the bottom of the lineup more than likely. He's not going to be hitting top of the lineup, so he's going where he's going in drafts. I just now we're talking about just draft. Uh, we're not talking about spring training stuff. We're just talking about his value. That I think there's not much to be had there right now because of where he's likely hitting in the lineup. But that's also I guess something to watch out for. Maybe they hit him higher in the lineup than I, than I anticipate. But I'm expecting him to hit towards the bottom. But the problem is, is what if they hit him towards the top just to get him more at bats in spring training and then revert to where he actually might hit? So you don't know. There are things to look at when it comes to that. But the pitching staff, I want to know what's going to happen with Michael Kopech. I don't expect him to start the the season as a starter necessarily, but I think he still gets 120 innings or so this year. So it's a matter of when does he come up or does he start? Maybe he earns his way onto the starting lineup come day one, but then who gets bumped between Gio Gonzalez, Dylan Cease, Renato Lopez, Dallas Keuchel. None of these guys seem like a sure thing to lose their spot. So how does Kopech fit into all this? So that's another thing to keep an eye out for. All right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. Uh, Kansas City Royals. If you're not named Jorge Soler or Whit Merrifield, I don't care. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's much. kind of that's kind of it. That's that's my summary of the Kansas City Royals. Um, and I don't really care about Whit uh, Merrifield um, either. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I don't have any Whit Merrifield. I probably won't have any Whit Merrifield. Um, other than that, um, uh, maybe Salvador Jorge Soler to get through get through uh, spring training uh, not injured. Nicky exactly. Lopez, Nicky exactly. Lopez is a thing, right? That's still a thing. Actually, yeah. Salvador Perez is interesting to watch because he's currently one of the best values at catcher because mm-hmm. everyone wants to tag him as like this big injury risk where before last year, he was like an iron man out exactly. there and they're probably going to get him some at bats at first base. Maybe they're going to be able to give him some time off from his usual, again, iron man status at catcher. So, um, Get Salvador Perez now if you're drafting early while you can, because if he looks good, uh, people are like, "Oh yeah, he was good. <laughs> Let's draft him earlier." So yeah. I do. Yeah, I, before I, his I, injury, 
um, he was someone who a lot of his value came on all the volume he got. And you, we saw someone like Yasmani Grandal. How valuable was he last season getting at bats at first base for Milwaukee? So if Salvador Perez can, if they can keep his bat in the lineup and, you know, without costing him that volume, he comes back and, and yeah, he could be a really good value there. I ha- now today being Friday, it is Friday because um the Kansas City Royals are actually the game going on, and we actually right now there's no Mondesi, so that kind of throws a loop uh, kind of a, throws things off a little bit in the lineup. But apparently, reports are Mondesi should be ready to go um op- for opening day, which is kind of exciting because that wasn't necessarily a sure thing, and it still might not be, but reports suggest it may be. But then when you look at that this lineup. I mean, Mikel Franco hitting fifth, there's always been that what-if factor with him. I'm not saying he's going to suddenly break out, but maybe for your deeper leagues, there might be a a little bit of hope there. I mean, playing time means something, especially when you get into, like, TGFBI and stuff like that, the deeper formats. Uh, Draft Champions Leagues, there could be something there. I'm not saying there's a lot. I'm just trying to be optimistic about something. It's worth looking at. It's worth watching, seeing how he does. Because he, like, he showed flashes of it. Yeah. But, like, God, I I hate where he landed. That is a bad stadium. It's it's not a good it's not a good division to be honest to be to be trying to have your breakout season you know no but at least there's he's on a team that shouldn't hinder his any potential progress either he's on a team that could just on play yes so that's kind of that's I mean again again I'm looking for some type of value in this lineup because there is not much outside of the big names you've mentioned so that's all I got and the pitching staff is just atrocious Brad Keller if you want innings late other than that I have no interest in anybody maybe. Maybe some of their young guys like Brady Singer in the minors. Maybe he can come up and do something. Maybe watch him in spring training. But there's not much there otherwise. Detroit. So, Matthew Boyd's <laughs> fine, and you know uh, CJ Cron and or Crone and uh, and Jonathan Shope are going to be very criminally undervalued because of the team they're playing on. Very good late round values, but. Yeah, I mean, in spring training, what are you looking at other than trying to get a glimpse of Mize and Manning, right? I mean, is there anything else that you guys are interested in in spring training on this team? Surprisingly enough, again, uh, these are the teams where you find your deeper league guys. And Cameron Maben signing, maybe there's something there. See, <laughs> I'm trying to pun that. It wasn't a good pun. That was a bad pun. Really bad. <laughs> like, terrible. Like, shouldn't have made it. Um, maybe there's something there with M- Maben because with Maben, and v- I was a big Victor Reyes guy early on. Very, very big in Victor Reyes because I thought he was going to lead off. I thought he was going to get you, like, 20 steals and hit for a decent average. Now it looks like Maben took his spot. So that's kind of maybe a positional battle to watch out for because I think whichever one wins that spot offers some late speed potential in drafts. Again, very deep drafts, but still something there. And then, again, it goes back to the pitching staff. You mentioned it. Outside of Boyd, you have all the young guys. Those are That's the exciting stuff, but I doubt any of them are going to break camp. But there is so much fantasy goodness by midseason, at least in, in theory, in this uh, in this lineup, in this rotation. So, I don't know. Nothing. You know, anything to add, or are we moving on to the AL West? I'm no, trying, we can I'm, we can go ahead and move on. I'm trying to talk a little about. I'm I'm trying to obviously maybe I just like the sound of my own voice. I'm trying to give a little something for every team, but it is really hard with these last two teams. Yeah, the only thing I have down with uh, Detroit is I just want to see the young guys uh, in spring training, the pitchers, the Manning, Mize, uh, Scooball, Fado actually had a really good season last year in, in the minor. I, 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 I really want to temper people's expectations, not on how good they can be, but Detroit has less than zero motivation. To even bring these guys up mid-season, right. to even bring them up in September, I mean, we may not see any of them because there's just no reason to do it. So, 
again, enjoy him while you can in spring training because you may not see him again for a while. Yeah. Uh, then we're moving on to I the, have, heat, I the do, two. I do have one question, actually, before we do it. For both of you. We'll start with you, Matt. Um, of those young names, though, if there was one that would get the call this year, do you, which one do you think it would be? Manning. Uh, George? Yeah, Manning. Yeah, well, okay. I'm with you because a lot of people are very big on scooball right now. And obviously, Mize has that you know shine to him. But I think Manning is the most pro-ready as well. So mm-hmm. I just thought if there is one to speculate on, I would definitely go Manning as well. So All right. So um, we'll lead off the AL West with the 2017 World Series champion, Houston Astros. Uh, I guess Kyle Tucker is a, is a guy. We don't know, I guess, what they're really going to do with him last year. It seemed like they were never ever gonna get to him, and then all of a sudden, Jordan Alvarez skipped over him. I heard, I heard the banging in the background. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. So yeah, Justin Tucker, uh, or not just Kyle Tucker, um, is is an interesting guy, and obviously in the pit, you know, the rotation. Uh, Josh James looks like he all of a sudden could be uh, be be back from the dead after being a, a, a preseason darling last year. Uh, George, what do you like here in Houston? Uh, that's really the only thing I'm looking to uh, add. I. You, you pretty much nailed it. The only things I had written down were Kyle Tucker and Josh James. I'm big Josh James guy, so grabbing him everywhere. Now, if you're if you're the uh, the PA person or not the PA person, the person that like you know plays like the walk up music, um, they usually don't like to troll other teams. But I mean, absolutely, you got to play like that Family Feud buzzer every time an Astro strikes out on the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just wish you know. I think I think was it was it Joe Pizapia that said it, and I love this idea. The Astros really need to, need to own this and give out Astros trash cans on the opening day of the uh, <laughs> of the of. Is that too much? Like, should they not do that? I think Pizapia pointed out something to do to get ahead of it. Maybe now this was also before all the stuff happened, so maybe it's a little too much now. But I would love to see some type of like f- fan base doing that type of giveaway, giving away trash cans with the team logo on there as a shot at them because there is not enough people. I mean, it's already people are just they need to be shamed, they need to be. I mean, it is what it is. I think it's a team needs be, to do it. It's going to be so rough because every team is going to see them for the first time all year. It's not like it's going to wear off because every home team base is going to be itching for their chance to go in and troll the Astros. When the Astros are up, there's trash cans all over the stadium, and and some guy is going to be standing there just bashing on it the entire oh, yeah. time. So it's going to be crazy the entire season for these guys. It's going to, I'm going to feel bad for them in a sense because obviously – I mean, I, I don't feel bad because they cheated. I mean – I feel bad for the guys that weren't on the team that are now yeah. on the team. Yeah, exactly. It's like you got to feel bad for like all three players that weren't there that year. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel I, – I don't know. Not that I feel bad, but like as a fan, as somebody watching the game, it's going to get annoying to be constantly reminded of this. Like I get it. Like I'm – trust me, I, I don't feel bad for them as far as the players. I feel bad as a fan like – Every broadcast is going to talk about it all year long. Every you're going to hear banging in the background all year long at games because people are going to think they're funny, and it's just it's going to get old. Like, I get it. It's haha. They 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 need to be taught a lesson. But you know what I mean? Like as a fan, I'm already kind of annoyed just hearing the broadcasters talk about it all year long. Like I, like I'm already thinking about it, like oh here we go again. Yeah, so, eh, it's never going to end either. Uh, the the Oakland A's. There's obviously the less exciting second base job. But obviously, if someone gets nailed uh, nailed down there on in that big lineup, uh, probably going to be Franklin or it's going to be Barreto, probably. But um, Mateo, everyone who thought would be the easy cut, he has no options left. 
And with Marcus Simeon being all but gone next year, they don't want to be DFAing their future options at the position. So um, that's something to definitely look forward to uh, in Oakland. And obviously we just want all their starting pitchers to make it through spring training alive. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing I'm looking forward with Montas specifically is uh, his velocity just because I want to see how much I, I know the PEDs the, people are worried about the PEDs. I'm not so much. Cause I think the pitch mix and adding the splitter is what really take took that his uh, game to a new level. But I want to see if he's throwing just as hard as he was prior to the PEDs and afterwards. Cause I know he came back through a little softer, but how much of that was just him being out of the game and not throwing competitive com- competitively for 80 games. So I want to watch. That's something I'm watching and going. And I forgot to mention this with the Astros. I am curious about Whitley. Does Whitley maybe do enough? Because he was supposed to come up last year and didn't. Does and he showed? And I think he finished strongly last year in the minors. Does he do enough to maybe put fight James for that fifth spot? I'm not saying he will, but maybe there's a chance. But going back to the A's, Montas is one guy in particular I'm watching. Among obviously Lazardo and his health, and if Puck, how Puck looks as a starter, if he actually, he says they says they say they're going to use him, utilize him as one. Let's see how he looks as one. So. George, anything? We keep taking everybody. You're gonna you're gonna lead us off for the last three because we keep stealing all the candy out of the Halloween jar. No, no, you guys are good. You guys pretty much nailed it. The second base and then you know the starting rotation. They got a few guys that obviously are you know kind of have some injury red red flags. Um, Puck coming back now his second year off of uh, Tommy John. Um, you got uh, Lazardo. Both of these guys were kind of uncertain where their innings, uh, their final innings number is going to land here with them. Sean Manaya was obviously he was uh, hurt for a big part of last season. So, a couple guys that I'm watching closely uh, that can maybe fill in uh, for some starts throughout the season: uh, Dalton Jeffries and James Caprillion. Caprillion, former first round pick from the Yankees, uh, hadn't pitched since 2016, had a lot of injury issues, but actually came back and had a really good year last year uh, in the minors for the A's. And then uh, Dalton Jeffries was there. Minor league pitcher of the year has excellent control, really, really low walk numbers. Um, a, a guy who could impress in spring training and then maybe earn himself some starts and could be uh, valuable into the season. See, we saved the best for last. That was analysis that none of us would have given. So look at that. Yeah, no, that's actually <laughs> actionable information where people were like, "All right, I, I know, I, I heard about this guy in the podcast. I'm going to keep an eye on him." That was good. Yeah, better, uh, better than the obvious stuff that I covered. <laughs> uh texas rangers they have a lot of oh. new faces um going into the new stadium definitely not the moves everyone was hoping they'd make they're not going to be competing with this group uh the the thing i'm going to be looking at is nick solak uh mm-hmm. you know i everyone was excited for him to get a lot of playing time at third base maybe because rough net odor even though he's one of those people that are terrible um but he does just enough to be valuable in roto still they're gonna continue to give him playing time every day in, in uh, at second base. But then they bring in Todd Frazier to ruin everyone's fun at third right. base. And then you're like, all right, well, they force him over to first to try to get Nick some at-bats, but now they're talking about putting Solak possibly in the outfield, maybe some center field. So there is light at the end of the tunnel for our Nick Solak lovers. Let's see what Texas does in spring training as far as getting this guy some at-bats. That is what I'm looking for in Texas. Yeah, and I tweeted that right before we started the show because I was frustrated because today – they already have Danny Santana in center field, and Nick Solak is not in the first the first lineup. And me being me, telling people not to overreact, I'm overreacting. I'm <laughs> freaking out. I want Solak in that lineup. I'm a huge Solak guy. And then 
they, they talked about I, I thought like I, like you said the big thing was I was wondering if Guzman was really gonna hold on to that first base play uh, they position. should have signed Wilmer Flores incidentally Texas Rangers oh my god if anyone need a platoon partner it's Ronald Guzman well, here's the thing. Apparently, he's going back to the stance he had when he was 16. What that means, I don't know, but that's a thing he's doing. And maybe going back to his batting stance will help him be more comfortable and hit a little better. But yeah, the Todd Frazier thing really, I thought they were going to put Frazier there, sit Guzman, and put Solak a third. I guess I was wrong. I still don't understand why we can't get Solak. I, 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 I even put the hashtag on my tweet free Nick Solak because he's got to be an everyday guy. I would like them to see that. And all, although what did intrigue me was looking at this first lineup was Sheraton Apostle was um, actually in it and he didn't play above high a. So uh, this is just one of those uh, invitees, I guess, but yeah, but if everyone don't pay attention to these freaking lineups. We're, I mean, we are overreacting cause it's literally the first games <laughs> yeah. of the year. No, <laughs> They're going to play all these guys. They're going to be excited. among the first people, the first people cut are going to get a ton of at-bats because these are the only bats they're going to get. So yeah, don't get too hung up on the lineup. So, oh, I can't help myself, man. It's the first one. That I wanna, <laughs> hey, tomorrow, I the Mets, Mets play on Saturday. This is coming out probably on Monday, this this episode. Uh, but on Saturday, the Mets are playing a split, split squad game. So you're going to see a lot of freaking names in there, and everyone's going to overreact. So don't overreact too much. So it's the first week. Of spring My training. thing is, is after that first home run from like the first like no-name guy or the first like kind of a fringe sleeper guy, that first home run is going to cause like chaos yeah. in 80. Shane it's Spencer awesome. Jr., let's go. Who? <laughs> um, <laughs> you, know, you don't remember Shane Spencer? No. Oh, he's that guy from the Yankees. He had like, uh, you know, he had like, I don't know. I, I, I'm making this up. He had like, like 15 home runs in April once. Uh, that was just, you know, whatever. <laughs> Google well, it, folks. I, I'm looking him up right now. And he had, this was in 2003. I was 13. So I get, I get some forgiveness for this one when he hit all those home runs, probably. So, <laughs> uh, so the Los Angeles Angels, we are going to go directly. I'm not going to say a single word other than George. You take the Angels. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I want to talk more. I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, the Angels, is, they're, they're one of these situations too, where it's like, how much really is there to watch other than uh, how the young, you know, how like guys like Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh perform. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, I, I don't really have too much uh, for the angels here that I'm really, really watching. I, I was happy when they got Jock Peterson to probably pay oh, play in center because so. Joe Adele screams. If you looked at his numbers in triple a, when he got, promoted like a 30 percent k rate he, yeah. he just looks like a guy who's just not ready he should be in the minors for a while we'll see how he does so i like how peterson afforded him the opportunity to not be forced up so yeah i would definitely like to see how adele is doing i don't you know he definitely looks like someone who should probably be given more time i'm watching personally how healthy are justin upton and shohei otani I know Otani's dealing with the arm, so I'm thinking he's going to be healthy and just find a hit. I know he's not going to pitch till May, but I am still curious to see how that health and how the rehab might affect his uh, his plate appearances or maybe lack of spring training. And then Upton, just in general, we'll see if he can have, uh, come back healthy. And then, of course, you have the, the, the Tommy LaStella and David Fletcher thing kind of going on. Like LaStella, we expect him to be hitting close to the top of the lineup. Ross Resource doesn't agree with that. They have him down at seven, but I think LaStella should get the strong side of a platoon there. If, if anything, and I think that there's a lot of potential, like especially if he leads off, a lot of run and um, sneaky home run potential, obviously batting average. But David Fletcher is kind of a similar player. I want to see maybe if they have a competition, see if, if one of those, if see if David Fletcher takes over a little bit there. And then other than that, it's a, supposed to be a six-man rotation there. But right now without Otani, maybe they roll five out. Obviously Dylan Bundy, everyone wants to see if they change up his pitch usage, but I am not 
going to be. I'm not as optimistic on Dylan Bundy. I know there's a lot of Dylan Bundy people out there. I know the slider is great, but that fastball just gets crushed. We'll see if he can improve it. A lot it. of comps between Bundy and Bieber on Twitter right now. I know. Well, that's because of Chamberlain, and that's not, <laughs> that's not fair because now even if Bundy – I don't know. I don't know if that I don't know if that got people more excited about Bundy or down on Bieber. I don't know what the actual effect of that was. There was definitely both, and it definitely hurt my feelings on Bieber a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. It definitely <laughs> affected my thought on Bieber more than it made me excited about Bundy. So I'm one of those guys on that side of things. So before we move on from the Angels, uh, I wild idea here. Again, it's simple, but I think it's great. On Shohei Otani, they don't pitch as often in Japan. And he obviously is coming off Tommy John surgery. They want to get his bat in the lineup as often as possible. And pitchers are also creatures of habit. He'd like to be on a schedule. This is what I propose. Pitch him on Sunday. Every Sunday. You always play. And it's typically a day game. No matter what, you know you're pitching on Sunday. And you know what your schedule is the rest of the way. They can schedule out his at-bats. And they know when he's going to pitch. He gets that little bit of extra time. That is what I think they should do. They should just pitch Otani every single Sunday, and that is what I think they should do. That is, that is my theory. That would be awesome for your weekend changing lineups. <laughs> you could you could schedule perfect around that. GFBI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be perfect for that, so we're a little selfish. But, yeah, I do agree. That's actually a really smart way to go about things, or just make him a relief pitcher slash closer, and then he can hit and pitch in the same game often. That would be great. Uh, and Seattle <laughs> Mariners. Uh, we again, we're, we're, we finally are throwing these all to you first. We're giving you all the boring <laughs> ones. But George, what do you like about the, the Seattle Mariners? Uh, well, one thing I'm keeping an eye on here uh, in spring training is their rotation. Seeing how, how their rotation shakes out, really. Um, they brought back uh, Taiwan Walker. Uh, so we'll see, you know, um, how he builds up here in, in spring training. Uh, I, I want to see uh, Logan Gilbert. Uh, former first round pick in 2018 he was just excellent across uh, three levels of the minors last year um so really I- i'm taking a look at that rotation and then um evan white you know he signed the signed a contract and he could be playing first base so we'll see how first base shakes out between white and uh, someone like daniel vogelbach um that's uh yeah that's, that's pretty much it for seattle as far as what i'm looking for Evan White, there's something. There was a report that says that he could be playing some center field in spring training, so that's worth monitoring because then he might get dual positional eligibility, which adds to his value, which is already a great value. He's already he hasn't he's a guy who hasn't jumped up ADP all that much, surprisingly. And there's comps like there's been Goldschmidt comps. I've heard Bellinger comps, and I rather I mean either way, I I don't you can't expect that type of production, but anybody getting those comps. I will gladly take a chance on shed long is a guy that I know you're big on George. And I want to see if he holds on to that second base spot. Cause D Gordon right now is projected to not be a starter and shed long is said to be the starter. We'll see how much that, if that holds true, I think that's something to watch out for. Cause shed long could be a sneaky little power speed combo late in drafts as well. Another deep league guy. Um, and I hate Vogelbach. I won't own him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I <laughs> but, do like, uh, I do like shed long. He did lead off uh, to end the year last year, like the last mm-hmm. 17 games for them. So we'll see if it's either him or Malik Smith. But uh, yeah, Shed Long's a good call. Um, I, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see how Jake Fraley looks um, this spring because with Mitch Hanniger uh, still injured, Fraley could get a lot of at-bats. I mean, last year between AA and AAA, he had 19 home runs and 22 stolen bases. He came up for a brief stint in the majors, did horrible. Uh, 41 plate appearances, 0% walk rate, 34% K rate. <laughs> he did not do well. But again, um, 276 ISO in AAA and 19 home runs, again, 20 uh, it was 22 uh, stolen bases. So, I mean, 
again, it was just in the minor leagues, but for someone going again for free, even in deep leagues, this is someone that I definitely want to take a close look at in spring training to see if they're going to be giving him a shot where they could be batting him in the lineup and, you know, how he looks in general. How many people don't know who Jake Fraley is listening to the show? Raise your hand. <laughs> I, uh, he did come out of nowhere last year. I'll go, I, I, will, I will say that. So that is actually the entire American League. We actually went through that a little faster than we went through the National League, probably because we're National League fans, and that's how that rolls. Um, but it actually ended up being about the same, about an hour. Uh, so that is the American League. Is there anything that we skipped over Um either the National League or American League, before we, uh, we, we come out of the, the what to watch for in spring training. Is there any general tips that you look for? Uh, is there any actual usable stats or data that you ever find that you look for in spring training as it kind of goes along? Anything actionable for the listeners? George, you want to go first before I hog it all again? Uh, no, I mean, as far as spring training goes, uh, for, for pitching, uh, you know, the only thing you can really look for is, like, control. Um I like to see guys with the, I guess, good good walk rates um, starting off. You like you want to see um, uh, guys coming back from injury. Really, is a big one um, as far as like velocity and stuff. Yeah, I'm not not really too sure what else to add here. <laughs> I typically ignore all spring training stats. Maybe I shouldn't say that for the hitters. I'm a little more maybe. Even the, no, I pretty much ignore them all. I look for positional battles. That's where they make the difference. Obviously, their team will will see how they do but you had a guy like francis matt dice last year hit like seven spring training bombs and came up and did nothing after that and he showed yeah. like so so that's why it's like spring training a lot of the guys a lot of things that you you have to ignore sets because you have a lot of, a lot of pitchers are just working on stuff mm-hmm. you have guys like paddock throwing that curve he's probably throwing that curveball a lot more you're gonna have you're gonna have glass now throwing that splitter a lot more which we forgot to mention that's something i'm looking for at the raise i think i don't know if i mentioned it either way the splitter so there's one thing maybe i forgot but he's like you have pitchers just working on stuff working on their mechanics working on maybe they're throwing fastballs this game because they want to see how their fastballs are looking and work on their pinpoint their accuracy and their command so yeah for spring, spring training spring training gives you a lot of false hope on guys you got to mm-hmm. kind of try to sift through what's actionable and what's not and it's easier said than done hopefully we can help you with that but ideally i think mostly i'm looking at pitchers mechanics seeing if because you have a lot of guys working on new stuff you have a lot of new swing changes going on so maybe on those guys you want to see how their stats look and obviously you can't project those stats to be season long relevant but maybe seeing that they're hitting 350 with four bombs and 17 rbis in spring training coming with a swing change maybe it's a little more optimism maybe it'll show that okay that some of that will translate not all of it but some of it might so stuff like that it's just you got to just be mindful of a lot of things um, but at the end of the day you want to see like you said the comeback from injury is a big deal because like guys like michael kopech i mentioned before see how he looks see how he comes see if he wins a spot wins a spot and then ultimately i don't know just positional battles you want to see who you obviously have to pay close attention to see who wins wins those because that could that could give us some deeper league guys. Because anybody up for a positional battle usually won't affect the shallow leagues. So, I know a lot of people like to look at stolen base attempts and stolen bases as something that could theoretically be actionable. I don't really care too much about that. Usually, people that are stealing bases that are valuable enough to draft you already know about. Uh, one thing I will say on people like you know, there's plenty of people that hit a ton of home runs and ends up being completely worthless. If towards the tail end of spring training, I've actually found a non-sticky but interesting correlation for just looking at slugging percentage because there's not there's not hard contact rate or anything nothing's really being tracked in spring training but 
if you sort by like um, slugging percentage, you see a lot of the guys that are just hitting the ball hard, namely like doubles, things that people aren't necessarily looking at. So you see the combination of like, you know, home runs and doubles. You're seeing who's actually hitting the ball hard and who's getting um, it gives you an idea of who is getting a lot of at bats for their teams. So, again, if you're trying to this is not anything that you're going to stake a claim on. But in the past, you could you could see guys like uh, CJ Crone. You could see guys like um uh, who's his who's his clone in uh in in the the Orioles? Um, they signed to a contract there. Same, I can't even think of his name. He's in the outfield. Oh, whatever. Um, they these kind of guys you can kind of see uh the breakouts coming because they're just hitting the ball hard in general. Uh, coming out of uh, spring training. So again, if you're just looking for something, you definitely want to get rid of all the stupid surface stats. But if you want a place to look, like a starting point. Um, slugging percentage actually seems to be a place that is maybe not the worst idea. At least it'll give you an idea of someone to um, take a closer look at, if anything. So, you know, I think test, I will test it out. I'll say, I think there's one thing I do kind of look for as well. One last thing is um, if somebody ends spring training kind of hot hitter or pitcher, seeing if that translates into the early, early into the year. Cause if they, you know, if you see, if a guy is hitting like 450 the final week, he's obviously seeing the ball better. He's obviously seeing the ball very well. And if he goes into the maybe, and if he's like a lower owned guy and you, you, you come up with a last minute injury, type of guy you stream see if that hot streak continues into the regular season again nothing really I'm not sure how actionable that is uh, kind of like you there's i don't know how much stickiness there is to that but if a pitcher's coming off a really good couple starts at the end and a hitter's coming off some really good games hitting wise not necessarily even counting that's just getting uh, more or less batting average because obviously he's hitting a lot of balls that's something i might take a shot on if i need something early like first week or two into the season so something like that I found the guy i was talking about for the the the, the slugging it was mark trumbo Oh, who is the clone? Ironically, both guys came out of uh, L.A., but Crone and uh, Trumbo before they had their big breakouts. You could actually uh, see they they had big springs, but it wasn't a matter of them hitting like a bunch of home runs that stood out. They just hit the ball hard in general. And it's just they ended up having solid seasons and they kind of came out of nowhere. So those are just a couple of examples. You could find a couple of boring uh, guys that are about to have a nice power season in theory. So. Uh, take a bunch of that useless information with what you will and, and try to go find and try to go dig up some gold in spring training, everybody. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. And definitely subscribe to the Turn 2 podcast at Turn 2 podcast and the Bases Loaded podcast, which is at Bases Loaded pod, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Oh. And uh, Mike, Mr. Mike Curlin, where can everyone chase you down? You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Mike underscore Curland. And one more thing, because why not? Shameless. Please hit a five-star rating and give it and drop a review if you have the time for both podcasts, Turn 2 Podcast and Base Loaded Podcast. We greatly appreciate it. It helps. With, it really does help. Apparently, it helps with like exposure on iTunes and all that good stuff. So any of that, if you have the time to do that, we greatly appreciate it. But other than that, guys, appreciate you listening as always. And George, where can everyone chase you down? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. <laughs> Wait, what, people will see, what, what people will see is that we're video chatting and our hands went up in the air like i love that yeah game yeah so much but anyways go ahead <laughs> yeah you can find me on twitter there at roto underscore nino um happy to answer any questions you guys uh come along and talk some baseball there all right hopefully you enjoyed the first couple of episodes of the quality start podcast series between the uh the bases loaded pod and turn two podcast we will be doing more episodes as spring training goes along before going into the regular season the rest of these episodes will be significantly shorter a half an hour or less but uh yeah thank you for sticking with us for the spring training 
preview. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of spring training. Baseball, real baseball will be here before you know it. See everybody.